0: our goals don't care about the time constraints that we put on it. Arbitrary time constraints on things, that is what makes the goal unrealistic. When we have more time, we have more opportunities to succeed. But this is a paradox because we want all of the things faster. So we try to fit large goals into small boxes, we try to fit a five year goal into a six month plan. Because we don't want to do it for that long. I want to be rich now. I want to be skinny by summer. Welcome to the Happy Healthy Human Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Leviton. What do the happiest, healthiest humans all have in common? They are students of success. In my mission to help both you and I become the happiest, healthiest humans we can be, I have studied success at all levels. And after spending over a decade working in the field of human development and flourishing, I can tell you with certainty, success leaves clues. On this show, I investigate and explore the common clues and foundational principles that tie together success in all areas of life. Whether it's happiness, health, wealth, relationships, it's all a part of the human experience. By following these success clues and understanding the underlying success principles you will find that success is not simply a possibility, it's guaranteed. Every Tuesday, I give you simple, straightforward action steps and tools using these clues and principles of success to help you become the happiest, healthiest human you can be. This episode is one from the vault. I recorded and released this episode almost three years ago in conjunction with my course, Mindset Shift. It was a six-week course all around, well, You might have guessed it, shifting your mindset. After revisiting this episode myself, I thought it was definitely ripe for a re-release because the content still stands to be so valuable today. And today's success clue is failure. Five things that are going to guarantee your failure before you start any endeavor. These are five things that will guarantee failure, and these are five places that I see people mess up all the time, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about fitness, nutrition, mindset, business, relationships, or whatever else. As you know, everything is the same. And the reason I bring this up, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. But the reason I say five ways to guarantee failure, because if we can understand these five pitfalls, we can then avoid them. Anyone who is in my mindset shift course or who has watched some of my free trainings knows that I talk about the awareness, education, action loop. There's a loop to change and it starts with awareness, then education, then taking action. But the first step is awareness, right? Before we can act, we need to understand what the problem is. So this Episode is me making you aware of the five biggest things that are going to hold you back from any goal that you're going to set. And speaking of goals, that brings us straight to number one, which is unrealistic goal setting. The number one reason that people don't achieve their goals is because they don't understand how to set goals in the first place. This is why If you want to learn more about this, scroll all the way back to episode two of this podcast. But to summarize, when we set unrealistic goals, things like I want to lose 100 pounds tomorrow, things like I want to be a billionaire, but I work at McDonald's, things like I want to six pack abs, and yet I don't even work out go to the gym, or eat healthy. What that does is it sets us up for failure because we are setting goals that actually are impossible. Our goals are determined by the inputs. Goals are simply an output. They're the answer to an equation. So if we want an answer for, there's lots of ways that we can get it. There's two plus two. There's three plus one. There's four plus zero five plus negative one, if you want to get fancy, there's a lot of ways to get to that number four. However, you need some inputs. So unrealistic goal setting is like saying, I want to get to the number four, and then not having any digits to start with not having any twos, any threes, any ones, any fours, you're just like, yeah, I just want to get to four, but I don't know you're not putting anything into it. So it's unrealistic, because you cannot get the output, if you're not willing to put in the input. And why is this bad and why do we need to avoid this because as will be a running theme for all of these things when we fail too much we get what's called learned helplessness so learned helplessness is a concept created by famous psychologist he did an experiment back in the 60s where they took dogs and put some electric shock collars on them. And again, remember, this is the 60s. I've talked about this before. You could torture dogs in the 60s. So uh, sorry about that, PETA. But they basically, they set the dogs up with these shock collars and had a little button that when they shocked the dogs, some of the dogs could hit the button and turn the shock collar off. Some of the dogs could hit the button and nothing happened. So the shock would just keep going and it was random. And what they learned was that the dogs who had control over the shock. So the dogs who got shocked and then could turn it off if they if they needed to, they would continue to try to turn the shock off even if they took away that ability. Later they did the same experiment and they took away the dogs ability to turn the shock off, but the dogs still tried because they had learned that turning the shock off was a possibility. Whereas the dogs who didn't have the ability to turn the shock off in the first experiment, no matter how many times they pushed the button, they didn't even try in the second experiment. They just accepted their fate of being shocked. What that explains to us is that when we are continually failing at something, our brain learns that failure. It learns that, okay, well, I I can't win, so why even try? And that's why this whole point of this podcast, why I'm going over five things that guarantee failure, because when we fail too many times, we stop wanting to try. Your brain is not going to want to keep trying to do something that it is not getting the result out of. Change is hard. We've gone over this many, many times before. Every probably episode that I have, I speak about how hard change is, and it can't be overstated. We do not want to, as humans, do things that are hard, especially if we are doing hard things that don't get any result. Going to the gym is hard enough. Going to the gym, And not getting in better shape is pretty pointless. Dieting is hard enough. Eating nothing but salad and bland broccoli without losing weight would be like, well, what the hell is the point of this? So when we have only the negative inputs, which is the trying to get the change, which is, you know, doing the thing, whatever it is, but we're not getting the output we're looking for, which is the actual result, that's when we set ourselves up for long-term failure or... Even worse, we set ourselves up to just give up and quit. Short-term failure makes it so we don't want to try anymore and that's how we get that learned helplessness and we just quit altogether. So when we have unrealistic goal setting and we're continually setting goals that are too big or just unrealistic or just impossible or just not going to happen, we set ourselves up for short-term failure. Too many repeated short-term failures set us up to give up in the long run. The next thing coming right off of unrealistic goal setting is time constraints. When working in the gym as a personal trainer, the first question I asked every new client was, okay, so what are your goals? And people would always hit me with something like, well, you know, I would love to lose 100 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, whatever the thing is, the number they had in their head. But, you know, realistically, I'd like to lose 20. Or they'd say something like, I would love to get to a point where I was working out five days a week. But, you know, realistically, I'll just say I want to work out twice a week. And what I would say to them is that there's no such thing as an unrealistic weight loss goal, right? So I just said, don't set unrealistic goals. There's no such thing as an unrealistic weight loss or fitness goal, as long as you are realistic in your time frame. So to say I want to lose 100 pounds is not unrealistic or realistic until you add a time on it. To say I want to lose 100 pounds in two months. Now it's unrealistic to say I want to lose 100 pounds in five years. That's maybe very realistic. It all depends on how short of a time constraint you give yourself. Same thing with making money. I want to be a millionaire, period, might not be an unrealistic goal, right? It might not be an unrealistic dream for you. You can make a million dollars in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. How long are you giving yourself? I want to be a millionaire by this summer, by the time my next product launches, by the time... My birthday comes, I don't know what 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 silly time restraint you're putting on. But when you put these these arbitrary time constraints on things, that is what makes the goal unrealistic. When we have more time, we have more opportunities to succeed. But this is a paradox because we want all of the things faster. So we try to fit large goals into small boxes. We try to fit a five-year goal into a six-month plan, a one-year goal into a six-week plan because we don't want to do it for that long. I want to be rich now. I want to be skinny by summer. I want to have my relationship and start my family by X date. So we put these things in these time periods without thinking about the fact that our goals don't care about the time constraints that we put on it. I say all the time, you have to deal with the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is no amount of wanting a change to happen at a certain speed will make it happen. No amount of wanting to become a millionaire by this summer can make it happen. Now, I mean, it's possible that you make some product or you you make a great business and you 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 hit it rich, of course, anything is possible. But realistically, most people are not going to do it that fast. Same thing with losing weight. Now, is it possible you lose 100 pounds in six months? Probably, but possibly, but probably you'd have to do it in a very unhealthy way. You'd have to crash diet, you'd have to do a lot of cardio, it wouldn't be very sustainable, blah, 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 blah. blah. So no amount of you wanting to lose the weight that fast will make it so. And by having these unrealistic time constraints, once again, we come back to the learned helplessness, the learned failure, where it's like, okay, I want to have abs in two months from now. And yet, it's nearly impossible. I won't say anything is impossible, but nearly impossible to get from a beer belly to six-pack abs in two months. you set a goal. You don't achieve it. And now you realize that, oh, well, I'm just a person who doesn't achieve his goals. And that becomes the story that gets... Written into your self-talk and that becomes the tape that plays. I've talked about self-talk and and things like that before. That's what all of this comes back down to, right? The learned helplessness comes from your self-talk. Every time you fail, that's the story that's written in your self-talk. And that comes to point number three, negative self-talk. Five things that will guarantee failure before you start. Negative self-talk. If I'm the type of person who thinks that I'm a failure, who thinks things like, I can just never stick to a diet, I guarantee you, you won't stick to a diet. When I had, again, working in the gym, people come to me and say things like, yeah, like I've tried working out before, but it just never works for me. Yeah, well, it's going to continue to never work as long as you think like that because negative self-talk becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. As you can see, these are building on each other. Unrealistic goals are directly related to unrealistic time constraints. And unrealistic goals and time constraints lead to failure, which then leads to negative self-talk, which leads to more failure in the long run. Because when we believe that we are going to fail, our brain will find ways to make us fail. A good example of this is, this is the reason that I don't like to set people up with five or six day workout plans. When I was a personal trainer, I would always say three days a week is the amount of times that you should be trying to exercise per week. Now, does that mean that people shouldn't be exercising more than that? Of course not. Really, people should be exercising four, five, six days a week. But what happens is, if you aim for three days a week, and you get four, now it becomes a win. Now you went above and beyond, now you got extra credit. Whereas, if you aim for six days a week, but you got four, now it becomes a failure. Now it becomes, I didn't hit my goals. Now it becomes negative self-talk, self-fulfilling prophecy. So realize in both of those scenarios, you did the same amount of workouts. You still did a a four-day-a-week workout routine. It's just in one story, it was framed in a positive way. And in one way, it was framed as a negative way. And this matters a lot because the next week, when this happens again, In scenario A, where you were supposed to work out three times and then you ended up working out four, you won that week. And now you're going into the following week with some momentum, with some oomph behind you. And maybe you're going to think, well, wow, like I was only supposed to work out three times last week and I worked out four. Like maybe I could do that again. Maybe I could do five. Whereas in scenario B, where you are coming off a loss, I'm doing air quotes here, loss for that week because you set a goal for six, again, unrealistic goal and you only got three, and now you're feeling like, oh, well, I, I couldn't even do it, I, could, I, I keep setting these goals, and like I can't hit it, it's too hard, I can't, I can't, I can't, and now your brain always wants you to be right. This is why week one of my mindset shift course is stories and self-talk. This is not like woo-woo, hippie science, this is real neuroscience. Your brain wants you to be right will listen to the stories that you tell it. If you continually tell it, I can't do this, it will subconsciously make decisions for you in that same regard. So if you are saying, I can't do this, Ugh, I only got four days this week when I planned for six, I'm such a failure. I can never make this work. This is too hard. When you get to a point where your brain has to make a decision in that quick moment of, Do I get up and go to the gym or do I stay home and get under the covers? Do I go straight to my spin class after work or do I go straight to the bar with my buddies? Do I wake up an hour early to do a yoga or do I hit the snooze? It's going to listen to the story that you have been telling, to the self-talk that you have been framing in your brain. So if that self-talk, again, same Four workouts have been accomplished, but scenario A, the self-talk is I aimed for three workouts and I did four. I'm winning this. I'm doing this. I'm crushing it. I am on top of it. Your brain is that much more likely to push you to be the one who goes to the gym, who goes to the spin class, who gets up early, who doesn't snooze, who does the yoga. And in that same scenario, again, week one, you still did the same four workouts, but because you set unrealistic goals... And you tried to aim for six days right off the bat, right? You tried to jump right into the deep end before you were ready, before you had the habits in place. And then you only got four. Four is still a great number to have. But now it's framed as a failure. Now I'm someone who doesn't go to the gym. I'm someone who doesn't hit their goals. I'm someone who tries but always fails. And when I have that option of going choose the gym over the bar, choose spin class over this, choose waking up over snoozing, I'm not – going to choose that. I'm less likely to choose that thing because my brain is just listening to the story that I've already told it. It's always just going to go back and say, hmm, what have I done in the past? That's going to dictate what I've done in the future. What is the story I've been telling myself? That is going to dictate the way that I continue forward. So self-talk is so, so, so important. (laughs) And we'll get into a ways to kind of manipulate this as we go forward, but so far we have unrealistic goals, we have time constraints, we have negative self-talk, and the next thing on the list of five things that will guarantee failure in any endeavor before you start is a negative environment, okay? Your environment is everything that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. So it's not just what's surrounding you in your office or your room, although that is a part of it. It's also your mental environment. It's the news that you're reading. It's the email lists that you're on. It's the YouTubes that you're watching. It's your phone. Your phone is the biggest part of your environment because you spend, I don't know, six, seven, eight hours a day on your phone. Your phone is a part of you at this point. So what happens from your phone in terms of the apps that you're using, are you scrolling Instagram, are you scrolling Twitter, you scrolling TikTok. The people that you follow in those apps are directly linked to the possibility of you either finding success or finding failure. If you're the type of person who's following all these different accounts where they're posting motivation and this and that, but it's the type of motivation that doesn't actually motivate you, right? It's a guy's posting flashy six-pack ab pictures on top of a ferrari for some reason or girls with just like their big booty butt things with like a band around them then it's like what is that even like what are you even doing and it's like supposed to be motivational but oddly just annoying and just makes you feel bad about yourself then that's not a good place to be hopefully since you're listening to this podcast you have some idea about like the type of things that actually do motivate you or make you feel good afterwards my whole idea of this podcast, even though I'm talking about negative things right now, I want it to be empowering for you. I want you to end this podcast thinking like, okay, I have a better grasp on what I need to do moving forward, and that's going to give me a little bit more control over my life. So when you're following people on social media, you should be using that filter of is this person making me feel better or worse? Is this person pushing me towards my goal or pulling me away from it? Are they more likely the things they post to make me want to get up and go or is it going to make me just feel ashamed of myself and feel less than and feel like, well, I could never be like that. So even though it's hashtag motivation, it's actually hashtag bullshit because they're not actually giving you anything of value. There's so, so many people out there who are doing great things, great Instagram people, great TikTok people, great Twitter, Facebook, great podcasts. So our phone being so much a part of our lives can be the ultimate tool for negative motion or the ultimate tool for positive momentum. It can pull us down or it can lift us up. And I'm using the phone as a very important example because it's such a big part of us. Now, again, the things in your room make a difference. The things in your office make a difference. The things in your home make a difference. If we want to bring this back to things like weight loss, if I want to lose weight, the best thing I can do is to not keep the food that I don't want to eat in my house. Dr. John Berardi, who is the creator of Precision Nutrition, the world's most premier nutrition coaching certification, has his own laws of nutrition. And the first rule of Berardi's laws of nutrition are, if it's in my house, either I or someone I love will eat it. And law number two is, If I don't want to eat it or I don't want someone in my family eating it, I will not bring it in my house because having it in our environment, seeing it over and over directly affects us. It's much easier for me to not eat an Oreo if I don't walk by and see in my kitchen Oreos every time I go into the kitchen. Literally, just last week, I posted this on my Instagram. I went upstairs to my kitchen from my room in the basement to get a glass of water. And when I got there, as soon as I opened the door, there was a box of Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios, my favorite, sitting open on the thing. Someone had left the Cheerios open with the bag open and all that. And I literally went to go close the bag and close the box. And fast forward 30 seconds later, I was eating a big bowl of Cheerios. Uh, Don't ask me how it happened. It was magic or sorcery or something like that. But the point is that in that moment, my environment directly affected me and dictated my movements. Now I could say that it was a willpower thing, it was a motivation thing, it was whatever, blah, blah blah, blah blah. But the point is that my environment had an effect on me. Had I not seen that box of Cheerios, I am with in 99.9 percent certain that I wouldn't have eaten those Cheerios in that exact moment. And not that there's anything wrong with Cheerios. I'm just just emphasizing this to make a point. Your environment directly affects you. This is why for things like starting an exercise routine, having something in your house where you can exercise when you don't want to. So some people have a treadmill, but I recommend a jump rope or just being able to go outside if you can, wherever, like making things easier via manipulation of your environment is a huge way to push yourself towards success. And Conversely, having a negative environment, having the snacks that are always around even though you don't want to eat them, a TV that's always on in the background, even though you're trying to get work done. It's like, yeah, I can do work with the TV on in the background. And yet somehow I end up getting sucked into another episode of The New Girl. And three episodes later, I now have not done my work and I'm just like laughing on the couch because my environment affects me. Also in my environment are the people I'm around. The most cliche saying at this point in the world is you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And it it is true because you are more likely to act like people that you are around. Studies have shown that if you are obese, your friends are more likely to be obese. And similarly, if your friends are obese, you are more likely to gain weight. Similarly, also, if you exercise... Your friends are more likely to exercise. And if you hang out with people who exercise, you are more likely to exercise. So our environment can either be a negative drag on us. Once again, you're seeing a running theme here, or it can bring us up. What does this mean? What can we do about this? Well, you can curate your environment. You can follow the right people on social media. You can listen to the right podcasts. You can curate your friend group. I'm sorry to say that if there's a group of people who you hang out with who are no longer serving you, you are not beholden to them. My friends who I still love dearly and who I'm still very good friends with, but who are only hanging out when we are going out drinking, I don't see as much anymore because that's just not a part of my life. That's not where I want to focus my time, my attention, and my energy. I have bigger things, bigger fish to fry. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to build a career. I'm trying to help 10,000 people with this podcast. I'm trying to build my social media. And just spending a Friday night out at the bar until two o'clock in the morning to wake up on Saturday and go to brunch and start drinking again at noon is just not where I want to be in my life. Not, not No judgment. No, If that is what you do or that's what they do, that's cool. But it's just not where I want to be. And respectfully, I had to distance myself from some of my friends like that. And that's fine. I still love them. They still love me. And there are times when I do want to do that. There are days when I still just want to go and have a few drinks with my friends and that's okay as well. But I had to curate my environment. I had to take a good hard look at the people who are around me and realize that no man is an island. As much as we want to say we are in control of our own journey and our own destiny, which we are, we are still greatly affected by everyone and everything that we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis. And now that brings me to number five on the list of things that will guarantee your failure before you start on any endeavor. So just to recap, number one is realistic goals, unrealistic goals, I'm sorry. Number two is time constraints, unrealistic time constraints. Number three is negative self-talk, Number four is having a negative environment and number five and the list of things that are going to guarantee that you fail, whether it's losing weight, whether it's exercising, whether it's creating a business, whether it's creating a, a relationship that's flourishing, whether it is flying to the moon like Elon Musk. I don't know what you want to do, but this will guarantee that you fail is comparing yourself to others. We are all on our own journey as humans It is human nature to look at others and think that what others have is the blueprint of what we are supposed to have. We look at others and say, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. But we have to realize we are all completely uniquely ourselves. There is a concept called Sonder. If you look it up, you can go on Wikipedia. But Basically, S-O-N-D-E-R, the concept states that it's the realization that every person that you come across in your life, every person you've ever walked by, every every cashier you've ever dealt with, every panhandler you've walked by on the street, every dancer that you've seen in a show, and whatever else, has a life just as full and as vibrant as yours, with just as many people, and although they were just a passing background actor in your story, that's what you are to them as well. And understand that there's 8 billion of those on the planet. And the reason I bring this up is because we get caught in this thing of thinking like, oh, what I'm doing is what everyone else is doing. So that means if they can succeed, I should be able to also because we have the same struggles, the same lives, the same this, the same that. But that's not the way it is. That's not the case at all. Just as unique and special as your life is, theirs is as well. And their circumstances are unique and special to them. Meaning you can't look at someone else and be like, well, they got this result in six months because you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know their work circumstance, their personal life circumstance. You don't know their health. You don't know anything about them. You just see the result. You see the thing on social media that, oh, I sold this many gizmos and I got this much money or you see people posting their before and afters. Look at these awesome results I got in six months and you're sitting there thinking like, well, I did the same workout for six months and I don't have half those results. But you don't know that in their life, the only thing they cared about was going to the gym while you still had kids and a family and a job that you loved and you only put in half the time and effort that they did or that even though that they got that body, that they actually hate their lives and that that's all they have to them is that that one thing is to show off their abs. So they work so freaking hard for it, but you really love your life. And while you could stand to lose a few pounds, it's just not that important to you, but you don't see that. You see the one thing, which is the result, the picture, the before, the after. So when you compare yourself to others, because you don't see the full story, you are setting yourself up For failure because now you think that you should have something that it is impossible for you to have. It's as if we do this thing where we see someone's age and we compare ourselves because of age. So I'm 31 now and I could see someone who's a super famous megastar and they just turned 32 and I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing so much better than me? Because we're the same age. What the fuck does that mean? Like what? Because we're the same age, we're supposed to be on the same... It means literally nothing. Again, maybe they their parents were rich. Maybe they hit the lottery. Maybe they're just super smart and I'm not. Like there's so many things that... There's so many infinite inputs that come to that output. Remember, coming back to the beginning, success is just an output that results from all the inputs. We only know our own inputs. That's my point that I'm trying to make here. I know what I do every day. And I assume... That what the inputs that I'm doing are the same as the inputs that they're doing, but we don't know that. Again, we could know that other workouts are the same, right? Like we go to the same gym class every day. I see, th- I see them in spin class three times a week. Like we go to the same class. How come his results are so much better? Again. You don't know what they're eating before and after. You don't know how little they're drinking. You don't know their social life they have. You don't know that they're doing two-a-days where they're doing a a 60-minute yoga sculpt every morning before they go to the Zoom class or the spin class, whatever it is. So we compare ourselves based on a tiny minuscule picture that does not show us all that needs to be seen. And then when we do this, again, we set ourselves up to be disappointed and come back to learned helplessness because now... Point three, negative self talk. When I compare myself to others and I see someone else who's getting a result that I think I should have, but I don't, I get failure talk. I get less than talk. I get I am not worthy talk. They must be better than me talk. I get, well, you know, it's just not for me talk. I'm not cut out for this. This is the tape that starts running in my head. So you can see how all of these things are related right the goals the time constraints the self talk the environment comparing myself to others right comparing myself to others is directly related to the environment i don't compare myself to others because i don't follow people on instagram like that i don't like if i don't want to see them if they're not bigging me up every single day i am quick to unfollow someone i used to follow all these different fitness accounts all these guys with abs, like if you just show your abs on my Instagram, I'm taking you off because there's no reason for that. I don't care about your abs. You're not bringing any value to my life by showing your my by showing your abs. Gu- Guaranteed, like people are like, no, it's motivating. It's not. You're doing it to pat yourself on the back. And if you're one of those people and you're listening to this, I'm sorry because this is just how I feel. Same thing with any of this stuff. Same thing with with girls like, oh yeah, just you know, just lost fifteen pounds again. Does that motivate some people? Sure. But the real reason people are doing it is because they want to feel better about themselves. So if that is something that motivates you, then please keep doing it. Keep following it. Keep following those accounts. But don't feel the need to. Even if it's a friend, people are always like, I can't unfollow this person on Twitter. Yes, you can. It's very easy. Unfollow them. (laughs) If they're causing you negative thoughts, negative comparisons... If listening to this podcast makes you feel bad, if you're like, damn, I always wanted to start a podcast and Paul is doing it and it makes me feel shitty when I listen to his, then don't listen to my podcast. Subscribe and share it real quick and then, <laughs> and then never listen to it again, all right? I promise you I will not be offended because we're all on this long, weird, stupid journey together. And although it's the same for all of us, it's also completely unique, which is, again, one of the paradoxes of human life. We are all on the same exact journey, and it is all completely unique at the same time. So wrapping this all up, the five things that are going to guarantee you failure, unrealistic goals, unrealistic time constraints, negative self-talk, negative environment, and comparing yourself to others. So action steps. I don't want to only leave you with negatives. So I'm going to flip each of these real quick unrealistic goals and time constraints go right together. Your goal should be in a large enough time frame that it is actually possible. It's the simplest way I can put it. Yes, we need goals that push us, that stretch us, but if we are too optimistic about this and we set goals that are too small, then that's what's going to set us up for failure. So we don't want to say a 10-year goal of losing 100 pounds because that's too far away. We also don't want to see a two month goal of losing 100 pounds. And this is where the magic of goal setting comes in. The reason I understand this stuff so much, I do an entire course on this. I have this entire two weeks of my mindset shift course dedicated specifically to goal setting and habit building because goal setting is an art. And the reason it was number one on this list is because if you start off with unrealistic goals or poor goal setting, then you're setting yourself up for failure from the beginning. So If you're interested in learning more about goal setting, uh, reach out to me, click the link in the show notes, or DM me on Instagram, goals, and I will give you more info about this course because I can't teach you everything. Again, it's a two-week module in my course. I can't do it in a 30-minute podcast. Same thing, negative self-talk, negative environment. Again, negative self-talk stories is the very first lesson in this course, but understand that how do we get rid of negative self-talk? We maybe don't get rid of it, but we can combat it with positive self-talk. So things like affirmations, things like reminders on your phone, set an alarm with a nice reminder that just chimes you at random times of the day and says, I am happy, I am pretty, I am beautiful, I am strong, whatever it is, because that is how you start to fight the negative tape, right? Your brain is always checking the tape. If the tape says, I am a failure, I am less than, I am not worthy, we can battle that by creating a new tape that says, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am successful, I do my goals, I achieve at the highest level, whatever your thing is, you make it up. It's not my, It's not for me to decide, you, whatever. And then <laughs> comparing yourself to others. And again, environment, same thing. Call your environment. Be ruthless with your unfollow button. Follow people that make you feel good. If you are watching someone's story on Instagram and you don't come out of it thinking like, yeah, I like that then unfollow them. Stop watching it. If you're listening to a podcast and you don't come out of it thinking like, wow, that was cool, then don't listen to that again. There's so much out there. There's infinite information, infinite information out there, infinite options, infinite people to follow, infinite ticks to talk, infinite tweets to read. You do not need to have anything in your life at this point that has a negative impact on you. It is just not necessary. Why would you when there's so much positivity out there? So be ruthless with who you unfollow and be specific with the accounts, the people, the influencers, the podcasts, and whatever else that you do follow because that is your environment. Whatever you take in through your eyes and through your ears directly is your environment and it directly affects your success and everything else about how you go through your day-to-day life. So I hope that was helpful. Again, I was not trying to be super negative. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but I think that the first step in creating change is building awareness. Once we have awareness, we can educate ourselves and then we can take action. So this is just my super, super abridged, abbreviated version of giving you some awareness around the things that I have seen in my nearly 10 years as a coach that really, really stop people from creating the success that they want. And this is why I created the Mindset Shift course where I go deep into all of these things for weeks at a time with group coaching calls, with action steps, with activities around them, and really break them down so you can be aware, be educated, and then take action on each. So if that's something that you're interested in, I am starting another round of this course in March. Make sure to reach out, DM me on Instagram, mindset, DM me, That's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or got value from it, you can support the show by sharing it with a friend and giving them the gift of a happier, healthier life. You can also leave a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps boost the show on those platforms so more people can discover it and we can all grow together. I'll see you back here every Tuesday and Thursday morning. And until then, stay happy, stay healthy.